What's up, beautiful? And welcome to Relationship Badass, the podcast. I'm Nikki Sunshine, your host, and I'm here every single week to bring you juicy episodes that are loaded with tips, tricks, ideas, powerful mindset shifts, and all the things related to helping you have empowering, sexy, thriving, deep relationships. So buckle up, grab yourself a glass of tea, wine, bubbles, and get cozy as we dive into this week's episode. Hello, my darlings, and welcome to the Relationship Badass Podcast. Hmm, I hope that this moment finds you present and rich and curious wherever you are on your journey, wherever you are in your experience of life. <clears throat> and Thank you for choosing to spend these precious moments in your precious day with me right here. I'm so deeply honored to have you. And so for today's gratitude shout out, I want to thank you, the listener, my home skillet biscuit. Some of you who have been with me for almost a year on this podcast, whoa, I remember when this podcast was just a dream. (laughs) Yeah, so I want to thank you, of course, for showing up here and for listening each week and for clicking that subscribe button and for leaving me that rating and review that I know you left and for sharing this with your friends and people in your life who need it. Of course, I want to thank you for all of those wonderful things. And I also want to thank you for giving a fuck about growth and about relationships and about looking at yourself and learning how to be a more authentic, open, loving, all-encompassing being on this planet. Because... The way in which you care for yourself is a massive contribution to the up-leveling in consciousness that is happening on this planet right now. And that is very real. It is absolutely happening. We are living in an incredible time. I imagine we will see things in my lifetime that we can't even fathom or imagine right now. So if you're listening to this, thank you for contributing to that conscious up-leveling. You are a part of that shift. I see you, I recognize you, and I appreciate you. So thank you. Mm. Now today's episode is really created by you guys, for you guys. So we're going to be talking about tips to avoid that painful family drama around the holidays. Now, you could apply these tips to any time of the year. I am 
what some might call a nomad living out in Colorado. I see my family usually once or twice a year when I go back to Wisconsin where I was born to visit them. So I'm speaking from that experience um, as many of the people in my life are also what we call transplants out here in Colorado. So I know a lot of people that deal with this sort of family tension and, and drama each year around the holidays specifically. You may be thinking, girl, the holidays, I deal with this all year round. And so if that's you, I see you, I recognize you, and you can apply these tips to your situation as well. Mm. So before we dive in here, I just want to remind you guys that my beautiful 12-week group program that I created with Molly Curtis of Root Balance Rise starts the week of January 7th. It's called the You, Me, and the We. It's a, a program designed around self-sovereignty and relational mastery. The first month is focused on the self. The second month is focused on the other. And the third month is focused on the we. I am just so fucking excited for this program. It is so loaded and juicy and full of meditations and exercises and practices and journaling prompts and, and trainings and videos. And it's like literally so much stuff and just content and resources and tools plus the presence of Molly and I right there with you in an intimate circle for three months. Um, I'm so fucking excited. So anyway, I'm not going to talk about it a lot because you all have heard me talk about it, but we just filled our second to last early bird spot yesterday. And so we only have one early bird spot left. That is a nice pretty savings of $700. So no joke there. Um, by the time this comes out, that spot may or may not still be open. We are in, we have about six or seven um, conversations going on with people who are feeling us out and feeling the program out and we're, we're feeling them out. So anyway, just wanted to drop that reminder in here that if 2020 is your year, if you're like, yeah, no, this is the year I stop talking about how I'm going to show up for myself and become this authentic empowered being and this is the year I fucking do it if that's you what's up come talk to me now Molly and I have gotten very clear that if you are out there and if your body is a fuck yes to this program then we want you here so we are working with everyone enrolled so far we've been working with individual unique payment plans and structures so don't let fear or false beliefs stop you from this incredible opportunity Ah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's yum, just yum. So the you, me, and the we, 12 weeks starting the week of January 7th, kick your 2020 off by investing in you and your growth and your happiness and your joy and your relationships. What a worthwhile cause for investment, wouldn't you say? <laughs> <clears throat> all right, beautiful badasses, that is all I have for you in this moment. And so without further ado, let us dive into this conversation around coming together with our families on the holidays. So let me just start by 
describing a scenario, I invite you to maybe take a few breaths, relax, close your eyes if you're not driving, and just see if you can resonate with a scenario like this. You've moved away from home. You've moved away from your family of origin. So you're out there in the world doing your own thing. And to your delight, once you moved away, you started kind of creating your own way in your own life. And, and as you were doing that in this location separate from your family of origin, you kind of found yourself. And those things that used to drive you kind of crazy about your family, you don't really notice them as much. Ah, yeah. So maybe in this new life, you've become accustomed to the growth path. I'm assuming you have if you're listening to this podcast. So now you're doing your work, right? You're learning how to communicate. You're learning how to sharpen that intuitive muscle, that intuitive skill. You're learning how to embody the different archetypes of your being, integrate all parts of yourself into this whole accepted being. You're doing your inner work. You're doing your stuff and you feel good. You can feel the growth is helping, right? You're starting to notice more synchronicities and opportunities in your life. You're feeling more aligned. You're noticing positive shifts in your close relationships. You're noticing positive shifts in your friendships and your work and so you're like yeah I look how much I've grown damn go me I'm fucking killing it uh right and then it's December your family says hey are you gonna come home for the holidays sure 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 and little do you know what's to come so you buy your ticket and you pack your bags and you say goodbye to your newfound home saying, I love you, I'll be back. And you go back to the place where you were born or the place where your family now lives. And you arrive. And you, you arrive feeling good. You're like, yeah, look at me, family. Look how much I've grown. In fact, if you're honest with yourself, there might even be a, a little bit of an agenda there for them to really see and notice how much of a badass you've become, Right? for being really honest. <laughs> so you get picked up from the airport and maybe you even have a delightful conversation on the ride home with your mom or your dad or your sibling. And then you get home and you enter the walls of that childhood home. And you're surrounded by not only familiar family and faces, but familiar dynamics. And maybe dynamics you haven't had to face in some time. Next thing you know, you don't even know how this happened, but you are screaming at your parents, livid, acting like you were when you were 10 years old, and stomping out of the living room to go lock yourself in your childhood bedroom. <laughs> Has anyone ever been there? <laughs> I would be absolutely lying right into your ear if I told you I had not. And so this type of experience is what inspired me to start thinking about this idea. I started asking the question, why is it that I feel like I've grown so much and, and become so much more resourced in the way I handle my reactions and my nervous system and my triggers? And, but then I go home and I act like a five-year-old, like what the fuck? 
I, I sat, I've been sitting with and have sat with this question for a couple years now. And so I just wanted to kind of give you that context because that's where the inspiration for this conversation comes from. Why does it, why is it so hard to go be with our family of origin after we've kind of left the nest and been on our own? So we're going to really unpack the root of that question today and um, you know, my goal is that you guys leave here feeling a little bit more resourced with maybe even some helpful tips that can prepare you for this upcoming holiday season and any plans you have with your family. I want to start this out with a little bit of a disclaimer before we go right into the tips. So, disclaimer, most everybody has some kind of parent slash family of origin wound. When I say wound, I'm referring to what I call emotional wounds. Emotional wounds are also known as a living fear or insecurity. So most everyone has them. From an attachment style perspective, I study pretty extensively attachment styles. We would say that, of course, you were wounded in your family of origin because that's where your first primary attachment figure existed. That is the blueprint for all of the wounds that you will play out with other attachment figures in your life. So, for instance, a partner, a romantic partner. So let's just take a deep breath right here, right now. And in that breath, let's remember that you are not alone. Your family isn't just inherently bad and that these family dynamic challenges are actually pretty fucking normal. Most people have them. So this isn't you and your family being really bad and really fucked up. In fact, I think it's hilarious because so many of us think, my family's so fucked up. Oh, dude, you wouldn't even know. And the truth is, all of our families are quote-unquote fucked up, meaning that they're not perfectly matched to those perfect families you see in the movies. And really, when we say, oh yeah, we're all quote-unquote fucked up, we can just call that the new normal, aka all families have interpersonal challenges, interpersonal dynamics that are challenging. I would say the same about any system in general. So think about living in a house with multiple roommates. How about a job? and the interpersonal dynamics that exist between the coworkers and the bosses and the managers and whatnot. So if you've been living in this story that like, oh, my family's so fucked up and our problems are so hard and like everyone else has it easy, I'm here to give you a permission slip to just divorce that story. It's not true. And these dynamics are present in almost every system of people, including all families and to take it a step further, these challenging dynamics are actually here to help us. Like all challenges, right? If you've been with me so far, you guys, for this last year, then you're at least playing with the idea that everything you experience is here to help you. Even if it hurts, even if it's painful, it's still here to help you. So there's nothing different in the case of family dynamics. 
Now, you can acknowledge your hurt while simultaneously understanding the other person's position. Okay, so I'm going to share a little example here from my own life. One of my, well, let me rephrase that. So my mom, when I was younger, um, was not very present as a parent. And that's because my father died very tragically when I was two years old. And my mom was left with three young children and had been out of the workforce for over 15 years and totally felt like, what the fuck am I going to do? You know? And so because of this, she had a lot on her plate, right? She was trying to navigate the challenges of grieving her husband while simultaneously showing up fully as the single parent for three young girls and navigating all of the responsibilities that come with running a household. In doing all that, she wasn't able to be very present with me. And she would miss my concerts and performances. She would forget about birthday plans and birthdays in general. She would forget to pick me up after school for three, four hours sometimes where the principal was like literally waiting with me because everyone had left the school and the principal legally could not leave until I was picked up. So all of these experiences led to me feeling pain. And if I go back and visit these experiences today, I can still feel pain. Now, I can feel that pain and say, ouch, yes, that hurt. And at the same time, in the same breath, I can say, and I understand why she showed up that way, given where she was in her life. Yeah, I I get it. She was super stressed. Um, in, in an effort to deal with her grief, she took on a pretty intense um, dependence to alcohol and prescription drugs, so she was navigating that. She was one mom with three children, so she didn't just have one of us to take care of. She had three. And she was in the depths of losing the love of her life, the father of her children. I mean, when I put myself in that situation, I can understand why she showed up that way. And that doesn't mean, oh, it doesn't hurt. It's totally fine. No. Ouch, that fucking hurt. Wow, that left wounds that I will need to work on in this lifetime to heal. And I get it, mom. I get why you showed up like that. It makes sense to me. When I remove my own hurt, when I remove my own tainted lens from the situation, I can like literally put myself in her shoes and go walk a mile and say, oh, I get it. I might do the same thing if I was in your position. So that is key, you guys. Understanding, insert whoever it is, mom, dad, brother, sister, grandpa, grandma, whoever it is that that you feel you were harmed by in the past, if you can understand their position while simultaneously still honoring, acknowledging your hurt, that is a brilliant skill just in relationships in general. And I talk about this a lot in the context of partnership. 
So another example of this that I see um, with my clients a lot, I've seen this a few times, well, more than a few. So I have some female clients who are daughters who are raised by either a single dad or a dad who was basically a single dad because the mom wasn't available or present, even though she was maybe in the home. So you're raised by this single dad and their dad was not available or did not show up for them emotionally. So as a little girl, they felt very hurt because maybe they would go to their dad and try and express an emotion and maybe he would shut down or maybe even turn around and say, whoa, 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 stop crying. Or maybe he would just disappear or get quiet. And so that was really painful for them as a young girl to feel like there was nowhere they could express their emotional experience and be met or held or seen or understood. So here again, it's like, yes, that fucking hurt. And then when I go visit that memory, it still hurts. That memory of being a little girl and breaking out in tears because I got made fun of at school and then having my dad tell me to, to quiet down and, and stop crying. You know, that was really painful. And I can understand why he would have shown up that way, given where he was in his life. When I think about the fact that he probably didn't have any training as a young boy on how to help women with their emotions, especially in the generation he grew up in. And he probably thought, one day I'll have a wife and she'll be able to deal with the emotional stuff and I'll teach my kids how to play ball, you know, and do that kind of and build things. And, and now all of a sudden, unexpectedly one day, he's left with all these kids to raise on his own and, you know, he, I'm imagining that in those moments when I was crying and, and he shut down or he yelled at me, it wasn't because he didn't care, but really just because he was probably so uncomfortable with the experience of deep sadness that that was just a natural reaction. So when I, and, and I know that he was raised by a dad who didn't let him cry and was very masculine in his presentation. And so when I put all of this together, I actually, I get it, dad. I get why you couldn't be there for me back then. And it still hurts, but I understand you. So we can acknowledge our hurt and simultaneously understand their position. And so if I'm just going to drop an invitation that's coming up for me right now, but if you've never sat down with your parents and really just gotten curious about them and asked about what it was like for them to grow up and how were they raised and what values were instilled into them. I found this to be a very, very interesting experience with my mom. And I feel very blessed that I had this conversation with my mom quite a few times before she died. Um, Because there's no better way to understand your anyone, but let's use this example, your parent, than to ask them about their experience in their own life, right? You can look at them and say, oh, you must think this way and you must believe that and I already know you, but I bet you with absolute certainty there are things about your parents you don't know that you would be curious or intrigued or surprised to learn about. So maybe this holiday... You could 
ask them about themselves and say, hey, I want to hear about your childhood. What was that like? Or, hey, what was it like for you in high school? Were you kind of, were you like a jock? Were you like this? Tell me about it. What was it like for you? Everyone loves feeling interested in. That sounded confusing. Let me rephrase that. Everyone loves feeling like someone is interested in them. So that might be a little tip for this holiday season right there. Okay, so now as we dive into these actual tips, with this disclaimer in your heart, I want to invite you to just give yourself some love and acceptance here. It's okay if you have family drama or challenges. In fact, it's almost expected and truly it's a gift. It's a fucking gift. So let's see how we can leverage these opportunities to grow and create more authentic, deeper connection with our loved ones. All right, so... Yep, okay. So I'm going to go over a couple... I have three scenarios here. These were all given, submitted to me from you all on Instagram. If you're not already on Instagram with me, I often reach out to my Instagram peeps and ask for questions that I will answer on the podcast. So come join me over there if you're interested in that. All right. Painful scenario number one. What's up, badasses? I'm interrupting today's episode for a quick reminder that in January of 2020, myself and Miss Molly Curtis of Root Balance Rise will be launching our 12-week group educational and coaching program called The You, Me, and The We. This is a 12-week online group coaching experience where you integrate skills and practices that return you to your personal power. This is a program designed around self-sovereignty and relational mastery. Join me and Molly Curtis as we utilize our unique gifts together in this unique dynamic program. You see, Molly comes from over eight years of yoga embodiment practices, and getting in touch with the self. My background for the last three and a half years has been largely on studying humans in relationship, the psychology of intimacy, and how we show up differently when we are witnessed by another than we show up differently on our own. So from this newfound soul center, you will extend into all relationships with boundaries, finesse, and an intimate relationship with Eros. This is for you. If you often find that you lose yourself in relationships, if you find that you're dependent on your partner to be your other half to regulate your mood and energy. Maybe you don't have a partner, but you're out there searching for your other half, that which will complete you and help you to feel whole. Maybe It's you out there who's in partnership and find it difficult to see your own personal goals anymore. You find that your priorities are fully entangled with your relationship. And maybe with that, it's harder and harder to speak your truth. 
or even harder to find your truth as the two of you have become so intertwined and intertangled? Do you want to feel worshipped by your partner and learn how to worship them in return? This program is for you. Do you ever find yourself in arguments where you're trying to prove that you're right? This program is for you. We are so fucking stoked to have you guys. So fucking stoked. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, hell yeah, sign me up, get me up in there. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We want to connect with you and get to know you a little bit. So follow the link in the show notes if you are interested in the you, the me, and the we. It will take you to a simple form. You will put your name and your email in, and from there, Molly and I will know to reach out to you directly. Now, if you don't even need to talk to us because you're so sure that this is the most epic and aligned program that has fallen into your experience. (laughs) Then you just follow the other link in the show notes, which will take you right to the information page. You can learn more and you can reserve your place. So the you, the me, and the we, you will leave transformed. All right, back to your awesome episode. My family doesn't communicate on my level. Another way of saying this might be like, my family doesn't use responsible communication or my family doesn't study mindful communication and practice it, right? So maybe you're someone who has gone out there in the world and learned how to communicate in a really conscious and responsible way and you've learned about your eye language and you've learned about your um, not blaming and you've learned about um, rapport and you've learned about how to, you know, bundle the essence and not ramble and stay present and all of these great things. And so when you're in Boulder, Colorado, or you're in wherever you live, you're having all these conscious conversations with your friends and you're like, yeah, this is the truth. What's up? And then you go home and Uncle Jerry's like, hey, it's so nice to see you. Let me tell you about how shitty work's been for the last six months. And Uncle Jerry goes ahead and starts talking and talking and complaining and you're like god uncle jerry what the fuck you're just being negative and you're starting to get agitated right and you're like this is not the conscious communication i'm used to like oh you're, you're just talking at me dude and you're being negative and you're not asking me any questions and you're blaming and you're not using eye language <laughs> so if this is you i have four tips for this situation you ready tip number one Notice any expectations you hold that your family will meet you, be inspired by the way you communicate, or want to learn your type of language. So just pause, take a few breaths, and get really honest with yourself. Say, what are my expectations here? Do I have a secret expectation that my family is going to want to learn my way? They're going to hear me talk and be like, wow, that's awesome. Let me learn. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -mm. So notice these expectations. And if you identify some, well, that's really great information, right? Wow, look at this. I've been holding an expectation that my family is just going to hear me talk, be inspired, and be like, wow, Nikki, teach me your ways. (laughs) 
And so you guys have heard me talk about time and time again, agreements versus expectations. I'm not a big believer in hosting expectations in the context of a relationship because if I have an expectation, I'd rather just speak it to you, get your buy-in, and now we have an agreement. So notice any expectations. And if you feel really attached to those, like, nope, I want this to be true, well then, go ahead, bring it to your mom, dad, sister, brother, whoever it is, and share your expectation with them and see if they want to agree to this. And then you guys can create a conscious agreement around it. But otherwise, you're just holding a silent expectation and then comparing someone to that which is bound to set you up for feeling disappointed in the relationship. So tip number one, notice your own expectations. Tip number two, see this as an opportunity. An opportunity for what you ask? Well, if you're out there learning your communication, really mastering those tools and really, you know, trying to become that communication badass, then what a potent practicing ground. Because as you know in life, you can't control other people. You can't make other people be a certain way. So you might become the most badass communication wizard on the planet, and yet you are going to encounter people who have no communication skills. How do you show up in those moments? Right? That's the true test. How deeply rooted is this communication badass in you? Or is she only strong when the people around her are also using the communication skills, right? So this is an opportunity for you to get stronger in your truth and say, okay, even though I'm surrounded by, you know, blame, complaining, this, that, I am going to stay rooted in my truth and who I am and keep practicing my communication skills. That's an opportunity. Tip number three, trust. Trust That if they want to learn, that they will ask you. Just like all people on the planet. They want your help, they'll let you know. Trust that. And that relieves you of the burden of constantly having to like try and read your family's mind and be like, ooh, I think they're interested. They're just scared to say something. Nope. Tip number three. We're just going to trust that these are adults who know how to use their words. And if they want my help on shifting their communication skills, then they'll ask me. As you know, growth isn't meant to be easy. So rewrite that story in your head of, oh God, it sucks so much that my family doesn't communicate like me. And instead say, wow, what a cool challenge I get every Christmas when I go home and I'm surrounded by people that communicate in a way that's different than me. And then I'm tested and I get to see how rooted I am in my truth. okay let's go on to painful scenario number two my family projects their worry onto me and my decisions another way of saying this might be my family criticizes my decisions my family has expectations for how I live my life my family doesn't approve of my life Okay, so this I know is a very common, common experience. So 
<laughs> let's I'll I'll open this up with a little example of my own from my own life. So when I first moved to Colorado, it was very unconventional. My whole family was born and raised in Wisconsin. Like basically, like most people in my family will likely stay there for their whole life. And so for me at 22 years old to be like, hey, I'm moving to this state where I don't know a single soul because I want to get the fuck out of the Midwest. <laughs> they were like, huh? So I've been, I've, I've always kind of felt like the black sheep and that solidified it even more. And then I moved to Colorado and I had a job for like two months. And then I was like, yeah, fuck jobs. Cool. I'm never having a job again. <laughs> I don't like living my life according to someone else's schedule. So then I like started a business and I've started three since living here. And it's always, you know, if you run a business, you know, there's ups and there's downs. It's not that consistent stability. Um, and if you're an entrepreneur, that's probably not what you're going for. So um, anyway, so I, I would come, I'd be living my life in Colorado like, wow, life is so exciting. I didn't know life could be this fun every day. Holy shit. I'm so like stoked on my life. And then I would go home. And my pops, my papa, he's basically like the man who was my dad, though he's technically my grandpa. Um, bless this man's soul. He is such a divine teacher and um, guide in my life. Anyway, I would come home to Wisconsin. Again, I'm in Colorado like, my life's awesome. I would come home to Wisconsin. And my papa in conversation, almost inevitably, every year, would say something like, yeah, how's Colorado treating you? You going to get a real job anytime soon? Now, he is just trying to make conversation. He genuinely thinks he's being funny. Like, for him, that's funny. And there's also a grain of truth in that. He was raised in the 30s. Like, yeah, he doesn't think it really makes a lot of sense what I'm doing. And he was taught, like, get a solid job, get a solid paycheck, you know, get a retirement plan. And I'm not doing any of those things. <laughs> so naturally, he's going to be, like, confused by my life because it doesn't look at all like his. And every time he would ask me this, I would just become so triggered and upset. <laughs> And so I, that's kind of an example of this scenario. But in some way, shape, or form, your family is projecting. They're disapproving. You know, oh, geez, when are you going to get a job? When are you going to go back to school? Oh, that's what you're up to? Jesus, you know, all those comments. So this is what we're talking about. How do we deal with that? All right, you guys. <clears throat> Tip number one. Try and see their worry their projections, their <laughs> criticism as what it actually is, which is care. If they didn't care about you, they wouldn't even bother. And so it's something that I think we all start to see. I think this just comes with like age and wisdom and growth, but their criticism, those things they say to you, are just manifestations of the fact that they care about you and they want you to be well. So tip number one is to really sink into that and like start to really look at that. Like, uh, like oh yeah, they're, of course they care. So, so sure, maybe this comes out in a certain way that 
has me feeling like they don't care, but I know deep down they do. And so tip number one, see their worry for what it is, care, and soften to that. Tip number two, acknowledge your work here. All right, so I'm about to call a whole bunch of you, including myself, out, okay? (laughs) So for those of you that go home every year, get triggered, say, God damn it, my parents will never understand. Then you go home back to your other home. So you leave for, so you go see your family for the holidays, you get triggered. Then you go back to where you live after the holidays. You tell the story that your parents don't get it, that your family just sucks, that your family's dramatic, that they're never going to understand you. And then you just go about your life. And you don't put another ounce of effort into doing your inner work and looking at that wound which got activated when you went back home. You don't do that. You just go about your life and then you wait for the next Christmas to roll around. (laughs) Having done none of your own work these other 11 months and you go right back into the same dynamic, you get triggered again and you do it all over again. Wow, my family's so this and that. And then for the rest of the year, you never say, you know what, why does this insecurity get flared up every time I go visit my family? Huh, I'm going to look at that. You never ask those questions, but you just keep going back home each year and then complaining that your family sucks. (laughs) So I'm calling you out with love and I'm calling myself out in the same breath because this was me for a while. I was stuck in this pattern. So tip number two is to acknowledge your work here. Right? So in my example, it's like if all it takes for me to crumble into my insecurity is my papa saying, huh, when are you going to get a real job? Then I obviously wasn't that grounded in the confidence and trust of my own life in the first place. Right? His comment just highlighted an insecurity that already lived within me. I was already feeling insecure about my life decisions and not trusting myself. So when he said, ha ha, when are you going to get a real job? That comment stabbed straight into the insecurity I had been working so hard to ignore. (laughs) Do you see that? So one of the biggest shifts in my family dynamics started when I began to acknowledge my work. And I was like, oh, Okay, I get it. Every time my papa makes that comment and I react, it's the universe trying to show me that, darling, Nikki, you're actually not quite as grounded in this as you thought you were. And so that's my work. Why don't I trust the decisions I've made for my life? Why does it take one jo- silly little comment from some person for me to crumble and say, what do you mean? No, you, I need you to validate my decisions. Right? If I truly feel confident and grounded in my own self and trust myself and my decisions, then I don't need anyone else to validate them to feel okay. So tip number two is to acknowledge your work. What's your side of this? What's your wound that keeps getting activated? Tip number three. Thank them for their care. 
and let them know with clarity and confidence that you are the one who gets to make decisions for you. So that might look like this. Oh, geez, Nikki, you're still working that relationship coaching business. When are you going to get a real job? Ay, ay, ay. Hey, Pops. You know, I can really feel your care when you share comments like that with me. I know how much you care about my well-being. But I am clear that I am the one who makes decisions for my life. So I thank you and I don't, I'm not available for advice. Right? So you come from this grounded place. It's like, you know, it's it's kind of like something we learned as kids. Like if I say we, I'll just say me. I remember learning like if, it, you know, if a bully makes fun of you and you don't, and you don't react, they have nothing to go off of, Right? So I'm not calling your or my family bullies, but if you just say, hey, thanks for your care and I don't need any advice. I'm not interested in any advice or anyone else's opinions, but I appreciate it. Thanks. You know, I appreciate your care, but I'm not available to receive advice from outside sources other than myself, right? So you just, boom, you just hit it with clarity. You just address it, address it right off the bat and then they're like, oh, Um, okay and then it's done it's over and done with right so you don't you don't like nibble you don't take the bait right that's kind of what tip number three is saying now tip number four set a boundary if you need to boundaries with family boundaries with family boundaries with family This is the best thing you can do for you and your family is to learn how to identify where a personal boundary is needed and learn how to set it and enforce it. Boundaries are not about telling other people what to do or not to do, by the way. There's a huge misconception around that. Hey, family, you can't talk about politics while I'm here. That's a boundary. That's not a boundary. Hey, family, I love you guys very much. And I've recognized that whenever we get into these big conversations surrounding politics, I feel contraction in my body, tightness in my chest. I start to lose presence. Um, So from here on out, when that happens, I'm going to remove myself. So you might notice me walk out of the room or get in the car and drive away. And I just want to let you know that is me taking care of myself in that moment because I'm not available for these conversations. That's a fucking boundary. So learn boundaries, you guys. I have a super juicy, yummy boundary freebie, which is going to give you some context on what a boundary actually is, how to know where you might need one. Um, I walk you through the four-step process, uh, clarify, create, communicate, and consequence um, in boundary, badass boundaries. So anyway, Go grab that. It's free on my website. I also have a mini course that will, it's a three, three video series that will literally walk you through your exact situation so that you can craft and enforce a boundary in your life. So go snag that too. So learn boundaries, set them. They're so, so, so powerful. Tip number five. Just consider, why is this showing up in my life? Try on the idea 
that your family doesn't just suck and that (laughs) it's not just my family's dramatic, but rather that this whole experience is happening for you in some way. Just consider that and explore that a bit. If this whole experience with my mom that happens every year when I go home and we get in this fight and then she gets defensive and I shut down, if that's happening for me, what would I, what am I supposed to learn? What would I be learning? Just, just start there. Just get curious. Could there be a lesson here? All right. And we have made it to our third and final painful family scenario. So this one comes in from Instagram saying, my family does not know how to respect my boundaries. Can anyone relate to that one? (laughs) So let's talk a bit about what it actually means to set and enforce a personal boundary. So boundaries with family. your saving grace. Learn how to set them. It is not about asking others to change. So you can use a personal boundary in a moment when you're visiting your family in situations like this. Someone says something and you get activated or triggered. Conversations around politics, religion, things like that. A certain energy that just drains you. Maybe there's like chaos at the house, too much happening, too many dynamics happening, and you're just feeling overwhelmed, right? So these are kind of some scenarios uh, that my clients shared with me that I pulled. But these are all situations where if you have a solid tool belt of personal boundaries, oh, honey, you're going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine. So a boundary might look like Taking physical space, like I talked about earlier, going on a walk, going on a drive. A boundary might look like, well, get ready. This is going to sting for some of you. Renting an Airbnb, renting your own car. Yeah, I know. Half of you just said, I can't do that. Yes, you can. You're an adult. You can do anything. So if you're that person who goes home every year, And just the energy of being in your family's home, it feels like toxic for you. But you still go home because you want that connection. Then do yourself a favor. Oh my God, what if I have my own Airbnb? Then I can just come over for like the dinners we do on those few nights and I'll just get the right amount of family time where I'm not just constantly triggered. Right? So like set yourself up for success here. Yeah, and then another way to, you know, another manifestation of a boundary might look like just some really clear responsible communication hey dad I appreciate you and your care I can feel it here and I'm not available for advice on jobs yeah I'm just not open to receiving it my my whole brain just shut down the minute you started talking yeah so can we talk about something else how are you doing how's your hunting trip last week right (laughs) so boundaries 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 This is your best friend with family. If you are going home for the holidays and you're like, ah, I'm so scared, go grab my free boundary download. It costs you nothing and even that will 
you will feel more resourced and prepared. And then if you're loving that, you can go grab the course and like really learn how to set boundaries. <laughs> okay, you guys. So this has been a, a long unpacking of the experience of going home to visit your family. And I want to close this episode out with a little growth invitation for each of you out there listening. I want to invite you to contemplate the following. What am I looking for in this relationship? Now get really, really honest. Like, what what do I really want from this relationship? And when I say this relationship, I mean with my family, with my mom, with my dad, with this, you know, fill in whoever. When I asked myself this question a few years ago, I mean, I ask it regularly, but when I started to ponder this, what came up for me was this relationship to me, it's my family. It's not the people I chose consciously in this earth, but it's those who chose me. And what I really want from this relationship, these family relationships, is love, connection, and acceptance. That's the whole point, right? It's like I I go home because I want to see my family who I hope will just love and accept me. Right? And so when I realized that, I was like, okay, I don't what I what didn't come up for me was I want these relationships to be the harbor for my greatest growth. Or I want these relationships to be the place I practice and master brilliant communication. Or I want these to be the relationships where we open up about our emotions and process all of those experiences together. None of that came up for me. I was like, oh, I just want a place where I can go and be. And feel like, oh, cool, these people know me, they love me, and like they're, they're, they'll open their door to me. I can, I can show up and they will open the door and say, come on in. And so... Just notice, what what do I really want here? Because for me, it was so freeing because I was like, oh, okay, so first of all, I can stop pretending that every relationship in my life needs to be of the highest growth with the most emotional intelligence and brilliant communication because they don't. And secondly, if what I really want from these people is to just feel loved and accepted, Why don't I start by loving and accepting them? Accepting the fact that they're not going to meet me here. Accepting the fact that they don't see life my way. Accepting the fact that they don't look at the choices I've made and say, Oh, fuck yeah, Nikki, that's what I wish I did. So what? That's who they are. So when I finally began answering the call, you know, that thing I was asking my family to do to just love and accept me, when I started giving that to them, Everything just started feeling more ease-filled between us. <laughs> All right, you guys. So I need to quickly, this is kind of unorthodox, but I just remembered a tip that I forgot to share. So I'm just going to kind of pop back in real quick and share this final tip before I say goodbye here. So going back to that piece where your family 
laughs, scoffs at your life or they project their worry onto, onto you or they have expectations about your decisions. Tip number six is to laugh with them. <laughs> to literally just laugh because ha ha ha, people telling me what to do with my life, what a joke, who cares, right? So I share this tip because I used this in my own life and so it, it really helped me, but um, now almost always, in case you were wondering, my gramps, my papa still asks me that question. So you're going to get a real job anytime soon? And now my reaction literally every time is, <laughs> that's a good one. I'm going to get a real job. Yeah, oh, good one, right? I definitely don't have a real job. <laughs> and it's just like, I just play into the joke. Cool. You perceive this as funny. I can get on that train. And like, there's never, there's no such thing as too much laughter. <laughs> okay. So, you know, wherever you can with your family, like, even if it doesn't make sense, just laugh. Just throw some laughter in there. After all, this is us coming to see these people on the holidays and play out this tradition that maybe we do or really don't believe deeply in our bones. And, like, it's all so funny. Life is hilarious. So let's just laugh about it, you know? <laughs> okay. I'm feeling a little disorientated from jumping back to the tips like that. Um, but I will come back here. Okay. So my loves, I wish you a connective, joyful experience with your family this year. And though I recognize that there likely will be moments of discomfort, pain, all of those things. I'm holding the vision for a more grounded, connected experience for you this year. I love you each dearly. And I will catch you in the next episode for our final episode of 2019.